Hey everyone, I'm Ria Mittal and welcome to another amazing webinar by Seller App. And today we are gearing up for Q4. It's official. Q4 is almost here. And how do we know that Q4 is almost here? It's because there's pumpkin spice everywhere. And I'm not even kidding right now. I actually was so engrossed in my friends working in Starbucks complaining about how everyone's ordering pumpkin spice. So I actually ran a keyword research on pumpkin spice and turns out that the keyword volume on it is huge so not only starbucks but i think pumpkin spice is famous on amazon as well so whoever is selling pumpkin spice with decent search volume congratulations now is your time Time to shine. And of course, I would officially like to welcome everyone who's watching right now. Uh, we're going to have lots of fun today. We are covering a wide variety of topics. And of course, the chat section is always available for you. So let's make the session interest, interesting, interactive. So if you have anything to say to me or any of our experts, leave them in the chat box below. If you have to ask any questions, we will be having a panel discussion towards the end. So put that in there as well. So without further ado, let me start by um, introducing the session a bit to you. So we have Anna Davidson, who will be talking about keyword research for Q4, rising CPC cost, and how you can win the bidding strategies or bidding wars on Amazon. Then we have Ian from Sellersnap, who will be talking about repricing your products for Q4, which is really essential if you want to win the buy box as well. And then we have... Um, Kim from School Vault, who will be giving us some very important inventory management tips. So inventory is a huge part of Amazon Q4. We struggled a bit last year. I mean, it was so hectic with the whole COVID situation. So let's make sure that we do not repeat our mistakes and learn from the best. I see uh, we have someone watching. Uh, hi, Leonie Leons, and thank you so much for watching. Let us know where you're watching from too. And of course, our last speaker is no uh, is um, Dilip Aminen, who is our co-founder. So he's the co-founder of Seller App. He will be talking about automation. He will be talking about uh, monitoring profits. And he will also be talking about some Q4 stats. And we have some predictions for you for this Q4. Um, also, I see that there are some questions. So um, we will be taking up questions towards the end. And Abdul, I see you. I hear you. Thank you so much for watching us uh, and being here with us today. So without further ado, let me start introducing our speakers for today. So the first speaker we have is Ian. Hi, Ian. Thank you so much for being here. Hey, Ria. Thanks so much for having me. Looking forward to chatting with all these uh, amazing experts today. Uh, me too. And let's welcome Kim. Hi, Kim. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me today. I'm really excited to learn so much about inventory and talking about IPI scores as well, because I think that's really important right now with Q4 approaching. So I think you have to get your IPI score, uh, you know, up and high. So I'm really excited to speak to you about that. Yes. And of course, uh, we have Anna Davidson, my favorite influencer. Thank you so much for making it today, Anna. Uh, mm -hmm. We love you. Hi guys, great to be here. And of course, the co-founder of Sellerab, Philip, who will be teaching us all about advertising automation and how you can save so much time on Amazon because woof, being on Amazon is not easy. And of course, Sellerab is here to make it easy and we have a line of experts too. So let's start our introductions. So let's start meeting our experts. So this is how we do a Sellerab. First, we're going to talk about what's our favorite holiday tradition, and then we introduce ourselves. So let me start 
Um, I'm Ria Mittal. I work as a product evangelist seller app. I um, love branding. And if you have any branding related questions, shoot them here. Uh, so yeah, my favorite fall tradition or favorite holiday tradition is um, on Halloween, my friends and I have like this huge party where we dress up as our own worst fears. So there was this guy, my friend who dressed up as like the vending machine with no ice cream sign because McDonald's is always out of ice cream. So he dressed up as a McDonald's no ice cream vending machine sign which was hilarious so that is my favorite holiday tradition moving on to kim what is your favorite holiday tradition and introduce yourself to our speakers here sure hi everybody my name is kim wren i am the director of business development over at skiba um holiday traditions for halloween gosh there's so many um but i think now it is just staying home and watching the kids come by and also um we have these really cool apps now that they that the city's put out and you can add different filters into the kids so i love like creating these pictures and posting them to our hometown chat so you can see like little monsters with the kids and having fun with them that way i love that it, it that sounds really fun and moving on to Ian, what's your, introduce yourself and what is your favorite holiday tradition? Hi everyone, I'm Ian Koshiro from Sellers. I'm the head of sales and customer success and my favorite holiday tradition, wow. Um, I really enjoy the holidays, uh, you know, like St. Patrick's Day, where it's mostly about getting together with uh, with your friends and, and having, a, having a good time over a beer and but jumping into, um, you know, the tradition of wearing all green and, and being out with people, you know, before the COVID days. And hopefully that's coming back for us soon. I hope it's coming back for us too, because I love St. Patrick's Day. I mean, it's friends make everything so much better. I, I hear you, Jan. Anna, what is your favorite holiday tradition? And introduce yourself to our speakers here or to the listeners more like. Right, I'm trying to think what my favourite tradition is. Um, I just think that it's all about family, isn't it? It's all about being. I think last year we realised here, us Brits in the UK, that we couldn't all get together because of what was happening with restrictions, and that really hit us. So I think just doing those family traditions that we all do. Um, if it involves chocolate, um, I used to do a lot of stuff that was homemade, but as my boys have got older, I think I've become a bit lazy now, buy everything <laughs> and have everything done already. Um, but if it involves chocolate, then I'm in. Um, but I'm Anna, Anna Davidson, and I've been selling on Amazon since 2013 now in the US and here in Europe, in the UK, and also across Europe. Um, and I also coach uh people new to the marketplace or people that want to increase their sales. So I want to mentor in program as well. Sounds Great amazing. Food. Yeah, thank you so much for your answer, Anna. I love chocolates too, and I'm sure the listeners are listening right now love them too. Philip, moving on to you, favorite holiday tradition, and please introduce yourself. Hey, hi, hi everyone. Uh, this is Dilip. I'm co-founder of Seller App. Uh, okay, that's tough. Uh, okay, yeah, I mean, I think... the. The holidays is all about family, friends, um, and it's a time where we generally get together, uh, spend a lot of quality time with the family, especially parents. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think uh, a lot of exciting time out there, and especially for all all of you guys who are associated with e-commerce, I think it's a great time. Yeah, talking about e-commerce, Q4 should be everyone's favorite time because this is where your sales pick up and with sales, you have high CPC costs as well. So don't worry, we got you covered. We have 
so many experts here lined up. So if you have any questions, I see that there are questions already. I just want to say hi to Tim. And Mekla is here. Mekla is my favorite person when it comes to sourcing. And we will be having a webinar with her on 29th. So Mekla, it's lovely to see you. Thank you for being here. So let me introduce um, or tell you more like what the webinar is going to look like. First, we're going to talk about keyword research, um, which Anna will be presenting. Then we have repricing strategies by SellerSnap. Then we go to inventory management by Scoobwall. And then we have PPC automation by seller app. So Anna, getting let's start with you. But before that, Dilip, I have a question for you while you get ready. So I'm going to put you all in the green room and let's wait for your turn. And then let's have an amazing panel discussion and help Amazon uh, sellers out there make the most out of Q4. So I would like to thank you again for joining. And Anna, let's get ready for you. And Dilip, I have a question for you. Okay. Dilip, um, do we have any predictions for this Q4? I mean, what does this Q4 look like for us today if you have any statistics? Okay, first of all, thanks, uh, Ria, for uh, organizing this. A great panel out there, and all, all the speakers are amazing. And uh, see, uh, we have been seeing a lot of changes, obviously, especially in the consumer behavior, right? And uh, I mean, so the last time and while I was actually uh, with my parents, I could see the first time, like, so my 65-year-old father ordering from Amazon and a lot of Amazon boxes outside the house. So obviously the consumer behavior is, has really changed. And uh, also if you look at it, more than 60% of the consumers start their online shopping searches on Amazon, right? So it's great to be for everyone who is associated with Amazon and selling on Amazon, right? And the last important thing is, I mean, obviously the competition has really increased and there are more than 10 million sellers out there. So I think all those sellers, I think they really need to find creative ways to stand out, build awareness and convert customers. Right. So, yeah, exciting times. But, yeah, you need to be really smart as well. Yeah, so uh, I have a question for you, Dilip, before we move on. So last year we saw a hike in Q4, and Anna, please feel free to answer this question as well. So last year we saw a huge increase on Amazon because, you know, the shops were closed. But now that we're reaching to the new normal, I call it, with COVID happening, the shops are opening up again. So do you think Amazon is still going to have the amount of momentum that it hit, that it did last year? Or do you, or do you anticipate that there's going to be a little bit of decrease with the new normal coming in and settling in um, the states and everywhere else. Anna, you're free to take this question. Sure, I'll jump in. Yeah, I know that they are predicting still a 21% growth. Um, and I think that there is, I think people's habits have changed. So even though the shops have reopened, I think a lot of people are relying, because especially here in the UK, a lot of our shops have got empty shelves because there's there's problems with that Brexit has brought um, with deliveries and things like that. So I definitely think, I like the predictions that Amazon are giving, that there's going to be over 20% increase. I still think that habits have changed over the last couple of years and more people are shopping online. I love that. Uh, that was a wonderful answer. And I believe the same because, you know, once you get the taste of sitting at home and getting your products delivered to your doorstep, um, I would not go back and let us know in the chat box below if you guys would go back to shopping in the stores as well. All right, then, Anna, we're ready for you. Thank you so much for being here at the lab. I'm going to put you in the green room and let's get started with the presentation. No, can you see my screen or share my screen? Yeah, I see it. Thanks. And you're on. 
Great. Okay. So a little bit of an introduction. So I'll I'll kind of flick over those slides, but um, just really this slide sort of summarises my experience and some of the third party recognitions that I've got along the way that I'm really proud of, especially being in Falls Magazine last year in the middle of the pandemic. So I have lots of experience, not just on Amazon as well, and also on Etsy and other um, kind of building brands on my own e-commerce stores. But Amazon, of course, is such a biggie for me and my business. And I know that the focus is around keyword research because, you know, we've all been, we're all doing things a little bit earlier, having learned last year. So I think the much prepar- the, the, one of the biggest things that I haven't written down here is preparation for quarter four. Um, so you need to be starting now, if not, you know, really having things on the way uh, to, you know, whichever country you're selling in. So keyword research, it's important because it's the basics of everything that we do, isn't it? We use it to find products in the first place. But if you've got products that are already selling, it's an ideal opportunity to be really looking at how to optimise your listings. So that means not keyword stuffing absolutely every single keyword you find into your title and your bullet points, but actually make sure that you really do your research around these buying keywords and do some in-depth research and not just look at the small uh, short tail keywords. So make, making sure you optimize your listings with your title and your product features, um, all the kind of basics that we teach, um, but things change for quarter four. There'll be new keywords that will pop up and, and it's always good to kind of be refreshing your keywords, especially sort of every quarter. But for quarter four, there's going to be, you know, going to be more expensive costs for Amazon PPC. So we need to make sure that we've done this research and we're doing it now and we're tweaking in preparation for when it really kicks off. Um, I think, to go back to what I said about not stuffing your title with absolutely every single keyword possible, it's focusing on the buyer and what we're all, what we're doing. I think sometimes we get carried away with keywords. We're like, I want to rank for this keyword. Is that keyword appropriate for your product? So you've got to look at relevancy. Um, yes, it's all about discoverability, isn't it? We need to be found. But we need to be found for the right keywords and, and not doing sort of black hat tactics of putting brands in the back end keywords and just making sure that you really are focused on the keyword-driven brands, not the brand-driven brand brands, if that makes sense, but focusing on the buyer. I mean, I've done a lot this year looking at different keywords for some of the products that I've sold over the last few years, and there's new keywords arising because I think these new shoppers, you know, if you've never really shopped online, you put a longer keyword phrase in to Amazon than somebody who's used to being punchy and shopping online and just putting the basics. So you've got to focus on who your target customer is for your product. Because if you're selling a yoga mat, like in this picture, there's lots, you know, it could be a young person for yoga mat, it could be a male, it could be a female, it could be children. Um, what is that niche within a niche that you're trying to target and making sure that it's relevant for your product because that's the solution that you're giving the customer. So just kind of think about what you're actually trying to do with the keywords rather than just grabbing every single one that you find and stuffing it into your list then. Um, how can we find these keywords? Well, Seller App have got a, a wonderful tool. Um, there are other softwares out there as well. Um, and it's it's about getting one that you really like and, you know, really using it for its value. Um, you can find new category keywords for the particular category you're selling in. We're getting rid of sort of uh, the bad keywords and look at negative keywords that you don't want um, in your PPC campaigns. Maybe out of category keywords as well. 
but we've got to test all of these and we've got to do it early um so you need to be researching now ready for when you know october comes along because i've noticed already um that people are shopping early and i think because of last year and the worry about getting you know your presence in time people are going to be shopping again early this this year so it's important to test those keywords there's also no need to repeat any keywords so it's just a waste of a keyword so don't repeat a keyword that maybe is one of your main keywords in your title in the back end keywords and then like i said before don't use brand keywords of your competitor in the back end amazon just don't like it so I was going to show you just very quickly two parts of um, Seller Apps tool that I really like. And I like the fact that it's geo-specific, that it can actually reach 19 different countries geography-wise. So you can make sure, for someone like me who's looking at selling in the UK, the US, and also all different countries in Europe, this is really valuable uh, part of the tool. So go and check that part out. And also, I love how you can actually... Um, embed it into your account as regards to uh, managing your PPC campaigns as well. So you want to use it to obviously optimise your bids. Um, it's a chance to be able to harvest those keywords and add any negative keywords. But you can manage it. What's great is you can manage it all from seller app. Your campaigns that are happening on Amazon. So I think the only sort of final things to remember is focusing on what are your shoppers searching for. How many people are literally searching for that item using a specific keyword to search? And what exact words they use to search for that exact item? And are there any seasonal trends associated for this coming Black Friday or Christmas? Um, but really focusing on the buyer and not getting too carried away with if you find a keyword that looks amazing but has no relevancy for your product that you're selling. So I hope that's been useful. You can find me on the socials and uh, I'll be here for any questions. So. Thank you so much for that presentation, Anna. That was really interesting. And you know what? I was just having this conversation today on uh, branded keywords. And I'm sure I have a question for you towards the end of the session. But this is something that I really want to discuss with you, a CPC rise patterns. So, of course, we have noticed that many keywords... Um, you know, have so they they raise prices for the cost per click to increase yeah. for, and I've seen most of the keywords or some of the keywords more like go up to four dollars uh, per keyword. So when do you see um, this rice pattern start exactly? Which month and how is the CPC rice pattern looking for like this year? If you have um, any insights on that, I do think it's the US that it tends to go higher, um, mm -hmm. just in comparison to Europe and, and the US. Um, and it tends to start happening from October, but, you know, just before Black Friday, it's it really, you know, that week before Black Friday, so this year Black Friday is the 26th in November, yeah. so it's going to be that week before. And that's why it's important to research some of these longer tail keywords um, that if, you know, if you think if you can get multiple of those ones rather than trying to put all your eggs in one basket with some massive one that's going to cost you a lot, um, you've, got to, you've got to focus on your numbers because there's no point spending if you're not getting the return. So that's why it's yeah, important yeah. to test it now. And then when and the rise does happen, you've got other ones to rely on. You know, you've got other keywords to rely on. Yeah, and I think this is where your conversion score matters the most. I mean, this is where you focus on the keywords that are converting you rather than finding keywords yeah. or newer keywords. So, you know, if you have to bid on, let's say, a $4 a keyword, choose the keywords which have made a sale for you consistently in the past rather than looking for new keywords, wouldn't you say that? Exactly, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 
All right. So that was a great presentation. You will be part of the panel towards the end as well. So I will see you there. Uh, yeah. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And now we move on to repricing because, of course, repricing is another important part of your Q4 strategy. So let me welcome Ian back. Hi, Ian. How's it going? Doing all right. So let's understand how repricing can be made easy on Amazon because repricing is something that I struggle with uh, to look at your competition or to not look at your competition uh, because, you know, there are like two thoughts of Amazon, two schools of thought when it comes to Amazon. First is do what your competitor is doing and beat it. Second is do not look what your competitor is doing. Do your own thing and you're going to win on Amazon. Which part of repricing strategy do you belong to? Look at your competitor or do not look at your competitor? Um probably fall in the camp of look at your competition. The majority of sellers that are using repricing are, you know, in kind of the, the reselling or wholesale market. Um, and so the, the competition, the competition is something we really need to uh, keep in mind. Looks sounds great. So let's get started with the presentation. Absolutely. So um, just to reintroduce myself, my name is Ian Kaneshiro. I'm the head of sales and customer success at SellerSnap. And just to give a little bit of a background about myself, I've been with SellerSnap for three years, and the majority of my role has been connecting with um, sellers and our customer success team talking about strategy and how to best put our Amazon businesses in a place um, to set us up for success. And that change throughout the floor is something that we, um, we talk a lot about with our customers and, and really how to win there. But before I get into Q4 strategies, it's really important to understand uh, a little bit how SellerSnap works and what is SellerSnap. So in short, SellerSnap is an AI game theory repricer. And our goal is to get the buy box at the highest possible price. And so the way we do this is by scanning the competitive environment in order to understand the decisions that our competitors make based on the decisions that we make. And so what um, a really quick example of, um, of that that we see frequently in times like Q4 is the race to the bottom, is that pesky, pesky price war, where competitor A and competitor B are undercutting each other um, until they ultimately bottom out the price, and which takes away um, that you know kind of coveted profit margin. And so, what SellerSnap does is that we understand that our competitors are using rules in order. And so, in a scenario of a price war, what we can see is that that competitor is attached to our price, and if they're attached to our price, we affect them and we can affect them either in a positive or negative way. So in the scenario that you see here, what SellerSnap does is that we know that that competitor um, will move up in price when we move up. So what we'll, we'll do is we'll move up to our max, wait for our competitor, and then re-engage with them until the repricer thinks that the price gets too low and it moves back up and thus restarts that cycle. Another really common thing we see is when we're sharing the buy box with a competitor. And when we're talking about profit and profit margin optimization, it, we know that if a competitor is matching us at, let's say, $20, we want to find the highest price that they'll continue to match it with us so we can still share the buy box with them 
but ultimately make those sales at a higher price point and having a positive effect on our profit and, and our profit margin. And so when we're talking about Q4, um, there's a ton of things that we, we need to consider in terms of repricing because we know that Amazon's buy box algorithm is based uh, or is heavily weighted on price and the price of our item, but it's also looking at customer experience. But when we're talking about Q4, it is such, it feel we wait all year for it. And it's such a short period of time that we need to take steps that will really affect the short term so we can get those wins um, as we move through those later months of the year. For example, a lot of sellers that I, uh, that I work with have both um, fulfilled by Amazon listings and fulfilled by merchant listings, so FBA versus FBN. And through the majority of the year, because FBA provides a better customer experience, the FBM listings kind of hang out in the back until maybe an FBA listing um, you know, sells out uh, of stock is usually the most common the most common thread. But what we find in Q4 is that as those orders keep coming in, that the, um, the shipping time for FBA listings start to get dragged out. And also because Amazon is so backlogged, often items are slower to get checked in as well, which leads to many of these FBA items becoming backward. So one of the tips that we have for we have for sellers during this time is if you have FBA FBM listings, which I really hope you have because that's kind of step one. Make sure that you adjust those repricing strategies to be the primary um, to be the primary listing to be repricing because again, as we get closer closer to the holidays, chances are you'll be able to provide a um, a better customer experience. For, uh, for, for the customers on Amazon because you're shipping from yourself and you're not totally reliant on the bottleneck that um, inevitably happens in Amazon's fulfillment network. And so, you know, there, I know that we, I do, we end up fielding a ton of questions about what should I do about very specific ASINs. And I know that there's quite a few, um, there's quite a few people on this, um, on this webinar. And so feel free to drop those questions in the chat. Uh, let us know if you have anything specific that you want to talk about. And um, always like to, you know, bounce ideas off of uh, Amazon sellers to see how everyone gets the most out of, um, out of each and every listing and each and every sale through Q4 and, and beyond. Thank you so much for that presentation. And I really like your buy box strategies too, Ian. I think this is really important while we're moving towards um, Q4. So I have a really interesting question for you. So um, have you watched The Office? I've, I've seen a few episodes. Right. So this is what I call the Michael Scott strategy. And for everyone who's watching right now, I have mentioned this before. So what Michael Scott does is when he starts his own paper company, he reduces his price at where he was going in loss to beat out all the competition in that Scranton area. And then he started bringing back his prices back up when he noticed that there is no more competition left. So does this strategy work for Amazon sellers as well? 
Yeah, you know, there are all types of Amazon sellers out there. There are those who take, you know, the cooperative approach, like many of our users, and there then there are those who take the more aggressive approach. The ones who take the more aggressive approach are the ones who who can afford to. Not every single Amazon seller out there can afford to take a hit so much that um, and to get, can start to take a hit on all those sales, like uh, like you described, and continue to operate long term. You know, of, sure, of course, there are big companies that are going to be out there and try to um, smash the little guys in order to yeah. do so, and those are definitely the ones you want to look out for. That was a great answer. Thank you so much for answering my question. And I think this is where building your brand and getting the loyal following is so important on Amazon and bless Amazon for giving us a sponsored display and sponsored brand tools to make sure that you are building up your brand on Amazon. So even if there's other competition in the market, your brand loyalty should hold up. So thank you so much for answering that question, Ian. And I will be seeing you in the panel discussion later. And it's time for us to understand a little bit about inventory management. So thank you. See you shortly. So moving on, right after pricing comes inventory management, which I think is a very essential part for our Q4 strategy. So many of our sellers struggled with this last year. So let me bring up Kim from School Vault, who's going to just under help you understand that you do not, or if you're not in a, you know, like a sticky situation like last year. So hi, Kim. How is, how's it going? I'm good. How are you? I'm, I'm good. Yeah. So talking about inventory management, you know, I saw a lot of sellers struggle with this last year because Amazon ran out of space and they do in Q4. So this is where your IPI score, you know, makes a huge difference. So how do you manage your inventory in Q4 to begin with? And then how do you talk um, or how do you maintain your IPI score? So let's start with inventory management first. Sure. Let's get into that just a little bit and talk about what you can do to help manage your inventory. So when you are looking at what you're doing in your warehouse, it's really important to know what you have in your warehouse. And by doing that, you can help manage your inventory. Because as you said, Amazon did run out of space last year. They did limit how much you could send. They did a big cutoff on dates that you could send items in. And I know a lot of sellers were running out long before the peak buying actually ever started. Yeah. And you want to be able to prevent that. A lot of it is what Ian just pointed to, where you need to make sure that you're doing some merchant fulfillment. And by doing that, you want to make sure that you're in your warehouse and that you know what's going on in your warehouse. So many times what that means is making sure that, let me get to this that you've got your warehouse organized and that you know where everything is, that you can pick and pack very easily and get everything out because the key is being able to find it and being able to get it out the door very quickly so that you keep your scores high. You can't meet those customer expectations if you're not able to find your inventory and get it out the door quickly. And then of course, having accuracy and making sure that the item that you're sending is the item that the client ordered and getting it out in the right quantity every single time. So, Getting into that just a little bit, I'm going to talk about warehouse and what to do in your warehouse. Some really basic items that most people are already going to have is how to organize your warehouse using an alphanumeric naming screen word, numeric alpha. Um, making sure that your workers can pick and quickly retrieve items, find them, and know where everything is. It shouldn't be up here. It should be on a piece of paper. It should be on a screen. It should be somewhere so that you can send your workers very quickly and methodically down aisles to pick items and very 
easily be able to retrieve those. And then as you're doing that, you're creating a, a workflow that gets you through your warehouse so that your workers are not running into each other. Your cards can get down the aisles very quickly. And you're now creating pick lists and using logic to get through your warehouse. You can automate these when you're using a service like SKU Vault. You can make sure that these lists are printing for you. You can make sure that you're using a scanning process so that you have, you have accuracy. Um, SKU Vault has a paper and a paperless picking technology. Paper is obviously what it is. You have a piece of paper and you're out there picking. Paperless, we call wave picking. And that means that you're getting your workers down the aisles. And what this looks like is you're moving a cart often down the aisles and you're picking orders and to a position on a cart so that you're not running around and picking a single order at a time. You are using that method where you're going down the aisle, you're picking an item, you put it in a location on your cart, you move to the next location and you pick so that you're basically snaking up and down the aisles. And as you're doing this with a barcode, your system the SKU Vault system will help you know that you've picked the right items in the right quantity. And if you don't, it's going to let you know. And you're using barcode scanning to make sure that you're doing this. So the workflows in the warehouse work off of these barcode scans that you see. And within SKU Vault, you have the ability to print these barcodes. And you can create these barcodes for your shelves, for your products, for your license plates, for your pallets. And make sure that everything is getting moved around to where it needs to be and that it's marked correctly so that you can easily find it. In addition to marking it, you need to make sure you're recording it somewhere. So with SKUVault, as you receive something and you scan it in, you're also scanning in that location so that you know where it is. But as you're scanning an order, as you see on this pick list, that barcode tells the person out there what they should be picking and in what quantity, color, and so on. And I love using the t-shirt method or the t-shirt as an example, because many people who sell clothing items like to put like all of their blue t-shirts together. And it's very easy to go in there and pick an extra large versus a large. It's very easy to pick black instead of blue. So by using barcode scanning, you know with 100% surety that you're picking the right item every single time, if you've got the scans or the barcode capability for scanning on your products. So what that means is you're optimizing everything. And when you're optimizing everything, you have better productivity. Within your warehouse, if you're stocking your items where they're very accessible, where they're easy to get to, so that you're not sending your workers to a back dark corner for your hot sellers, you want to move those up front. You want to prepare for the holiday season by making sure that your warehouse is organized and it's optimized. You want to make sure that you're getting the overstock items in the right place. You want to pick at eye level. You don't want to pick where you have to climb a ladder. You don't want to pick where you have to crawl on the floor. You want to make sure everything's labeled correctly. You want to make it easy. You want to make it simple. You want to make it simple for your people to get up and down the aisles and to get those items on the cart, get back to the shipping station and get them out the door very quickly. In addition, you want to make sure you have some reporting and you want to know what you're selling you want to make sure that you've got the right space for what's being sold. And you want to make sure if it's possible to get items back in and keep your stocks up, you want to be able to do that. And that's using great reports that are available to you from all of these different systems that are being talked about today. We all have our own unique sets of uh, reports that you can use. SKU Vault particularly loves to tell you about what's going on in your warehouse. 
We want to show you your productivity of your labor. We want to show you who's picking what. We want to show you at what rate they're picking that. And so with this report that we've got, you can see that two people are out there picking. In this case, we have Kelly and Elaine picking, and Kelly is obviously picking at a much faster rate than Elaine is. Why? Well, with these reports, you can see that. Perhaps Elaine's out there picking bicycles, and Kelly's out there picking gloves. Kelly's obviously going to be able to pick a lot more gloves in an hour than Elaine's going to be able to pull bicycles and bring them back. In the other case, it might be that Elaine is just off hiding in a corner somewhere. And you need to know that. And these reports can help you with that. And they can help you coach. And they can help you know if you're getting your orders out quickly, who's helping you do that, who's helping you be successful in your business so that you can get that Amazon uh, score up, keep it up, and succeed through the holiday season. And make sure that you're getting, again, all your orders out. 100% of the time, accurate with the right quantity. And that's what I have for you today. That was some really interesting points that you made, Kim. And I really liked how um, important it is. Like, it's such a plain and simple formula in your head, you know, like your hot items should be more accessible to the users or people who are packing your items. But literally, it's some of the most common mistakes that I've seen sellers make is not make their hot items or organize their inventory in a proper way. So thank you so much for giving us that insight. And yes, um, FBM is really important when we're talking about stocking up for this Q4. Do not make the mistakes like most of the sellers did unless it's too late. So, and of course, warehouses get super expensive this time of the year as well. So make sure that you've booked and planned way in advance. So Kim, um, Could you list down some IPI score? How can one increase their IPI score so that they can ensure a space or a place in Amazon warehouse this time? Well, I mean, some of the things that you can do, obviously, are organizing your warehouse um, and making sure that everything's right. And, and, you know, we, we see inventory and warehouse management so that you're not just managing the inventory that's in your warehouse for FBM, but you're also managing that inventory that you're sending to FBA because what you're sending to FBA, you've got to be able to get out the door quickly. And if you do have the ability to keep stocking during the holiday season, you want to make sure you can get it out there. I always recommend to people, if you have the space, create an area for seasonal items that you know are going to fly off the shelf so that you can get those out quickly. Um, make sure you're following up on your orders. Obviously, make sure that as you're shipping them, your tracking's getting out there as it should be. And make sure that the items are accurate because there is nothing that's going to kill your score faster than shipping the wrong item or in the wrong quantity or too slow. People are extremely impatient and it gets worse during the holiday season. And we all know that you can ruin somebody's holiday very easily by shipping them something a day too late or you know, the wrong item and you open the box. And what a disappointment that if your six-year-old doesn't get the item that they wanted for Christmas because the seller didn't ship the right item and it's now too late to get it. So, you know, I mean, that's the biggest thing that I have to say is stay organized, stay organized, stay organized and use automated processes. Scan, scan, scan. 
True. And uh, you all have to also understand that um, inventory management and your reviews are closely related. So if your inventory yeah. and if your shipping speeds are not up to mark, it will show up in your reviews. And if your reviews are not great, then that messes up your whole algorithm. So inventory management, especially in Q4, and of course, you get a lot of reviews in Q4 as well. So make sure that your inventory processes are straight. And thank you so much for being here, uh, Kim. And I'm going to see you in the panel discussion. Okay, thanks. Thanks. So Kim rightly mentioned that automated processes make your life so much more easier. And while we're talking about automated processes, let's take a look at how automation and PPC can help you this Q4 and how important it is to be automated for your PPC needs this Q4. So let's welcome Dilip, who is our co-founder. Dilip, welcome to our live. So let's talk about automation and how important it is for sellers out there. Because if you're not already automating your processes on Amazon, what are you doing? So Dilip, let's get started. Hey, thanks, uh, Ria. I, I, I'll say that it's extremely important. So uh, so I'm currently joining from the garden city of uh, South India, Bangalore, and where almost all the tech hubs, are, tech companies are there, including Amazon, Google, Microsoft, all the companies are there. So um, so all the sellers out there, are you, are you really ready for Q4? Uh, because this, I'm sure that all of you are actually waiting for that huge traffic to come to your page and get conversion. So just wanted to take you the basic points today and also how the automation can actually help you uh, save and also take good decisions. So very basics, right? I mean, we have seen a lot of changes happening in the past, um, past two years since the COVID hit, especially in terms of very niche categories where we never thought there will be competing products right and we have seen a lot of competition have started in almost all the categories and uh, that's a first change the second change we have seen is uh, obviously a lot of uh, sellers have started increasing their advertising budget because they've started moving away from some of the other traditional medium and started spending those those uh, dollars on amazon and the third one is uh, i think we just heard that the cpc rates have been climbing steadily like um, especially in the last two months itself we have started seeing a approximately around 32 percent increase in terms of the cpc rates and the last one is um, i don't know if, if where if everybody is actually waiting for the final the q4 where all the discounts will start kicking in or not but the conversion rates we have seen a, a decline of the conversion rate from the last two months right so what does all these things lead to right i mean there have been a higher competition more sellers are there uh, the essentially the budgets have been increasing the CPC have been increasing all this is forcing all of you sellers to essentially be more smarter and also work more strongly on your product and benefits. so very very simple thing and uh, let me actually start with a very small mathematical problem for all of you it's not very complicated it's very simple let's assume that you have currently just one campaign running under that campaign you have one ad group and let's assume that you have like around 50 keywords right and uh, what we have seen i mean i spoke to all the smart advertising ppc experts out there and what they say is they approximately take around 20 minutes per week to optimize that campaign right and again i i know there are a lot of ppc gurus out there but i'm talking about a normal seller who is making decent money this is approximate time the seller actually takes 
let's uh, go further let's say there are 10 campaigns no changes in the ad groups and uh, keywords now the same person might take around 3 hours 200 minutes 3 3 hours per week right but we know all of you guys who are already doing great on amazon you might be having hundreds of campaigns or in this case like 50 campaigns and you have five ad groups and 100 keywords running under that the simple math don't take it complicated don't try to do a lot of multiplication but the simple math says that it takes you three days approximately 72 hours to optimize all the campaigns all the ad groups and all the keywords under that right is it humanly possible yes there are there are there are people out there who actually just crazily looks into the advertising console and keep optimizing right but what i'm going to talk to you about is ways for you to essentially kind of uh, become more smarter right and so there are a lot of tools out there including seller app where you can set up the automation rules maybe the first time when you set it up it might take up to 15 minutes but once you set it up it can actually run very smoothly very automatically right so let me show you how right before before showing you how you can set up rules uh let me explain you the various benefits of setting up the rules right as i told you it obviously saves a lot of time for you but on the top of the uh, time you will also get a lot of insights readily available for you you so that you can actually take actions based on that the third thing is you can create the automation rule which are very contextual in nature right and i am sure that some of you might have just launched some products which means the product is still in the initial launch phase where you can actually specify to the platform that okay this product is in the launch phase right i am okay to drain some money but i'm looking at understanding how the customers behave for the product right or the product is essentially the growth phase or the product is in the mature phase in depending on your journey depending on your product's journey you can make sure that the automation is set up so that it is actually very very contextual in nature right and the last and the most important thing i know that there are a lot of uh, excel freaks out here who like to keep all set of logs and maintain the history of logs selling that i made this big change i made this uh, budget change but a platform like this will again help you to actually automate this track each and every progress which you have made over a period of time right so that you can always go back and look at what happened in the last year in the q3 which led to a great q4 for you last year and you can actually repeat the most of the success stuff from last year in this year right again as i said to you the the setup of the rules just takes 15 minutes of time and again we have actually written a blog explaining in detail how you can actually set up the rules okay moving forward uh, again uh, when you set up the automation there are very very simple rules there are simple variables metrics which you need to actually look at uh, the orders the clicks the acos and the finally the impressions right based on all these four variables you can actually set up the rules in four different categories the first one is obviously the money saver where you really wanted to save all those uh, dollars which are actually draining money for you the second one is essentially the roi optimizer where you really have a target ecos you have an ros and you can set up the rules in such a way that it will actually save and it will actually reach to your target ecos right and the third and the most important thing is the keyword harvester rule where you can use this to increase your visibility and also understand what has been really working for you right so all, the rules comes under all these three buckets and going further let me actually just show you 
how you can actually set up each of these rules in case of a money saver rule uh, it's very simple you are really aiming for a specific return on investment of your campaign and you are looking essentially at reducing uh, your money and you, are, you want to mark all those keywords which are not working you want to remove all of them right so in this case the example here you are actually setting up where uh, the, if the orders are zero and the clicks are more than 20 you want to mark all those things negative right so all those actions you can actually use through the money saver rule in case of the roi optimizer again here again you can actually specify the acos you can specify the rows and the, the camp and the seller app platform will do all the complicated tasks task for you so that it actually optimizes and reaches your specific goal right again the specific uh, variables here is acos and orders and the last and most important thing is uh, the keyword harvester where you can actually opt for this rule if you really wanted to increase your visibility and conversions right and we have seen this very effectively working for products which are in the launch stage also where you are really looking at essentially identifying all those additional keywords which can actually work for you right so in this key, in this rule you will look for impressions acos and orders right and again uh, when you set up these rules if you re if any of you really wanted us to help us in terms of setting up any of these rules please feel free to reach out to us um, and we can actually set that up for you right and uh, some very basic tips for all of you uh, I mean, all of you who are looking for all those magical traffic to come to your uh, products and conversions and massive traffic. So I think the time is now, right? And uh, I don't think we do have even one day to waste. I think it's time for you to start really looking at and understanding how uh, customers can actually behave with all your products. So make sure that you are looking at all the automatic automatic campaigns properly, looking at what's working and creating understanding how, what kind of long tail keywords can really lead to sales for you and the last and most important thing is we have seen uh, i mean last year while we were actually doing an audit with one specific customer what we have seen is the person had actually set up more budget for a campaign which was actually performing bad right the course was high but the budget was higher right and this is a time for you to really do an audit in terms of understanding which campaign what's the conversion rate what is the a cost and make sure that you are actually reallocating the budget moving the budget to all, all those campaigns which are really working for you right so time for you to do maximum experimentation right now so that in q4 you won't be doing any experimentation but you'd be doubling down on understanding what's already working right so yeah wishing you all the very best i'm sure that this q4 will be really exciting for all of you yeah uh, thank you so much for that presentation, Dalip. And you're right. This is the time to get out all the experiments that you want to do out of your system and focus on the things that have worked for you. The same thing that Anna and I discussed before when we started the webinar, uh, saying that even with keywords, those keywords that are converting for you, the experiments that are working for you, focus on that this Q4 because it does get rather expensive real quick. So thank you so much, Dalip. And it's time for us to have a panel discussion. So let's get all the speakers back up on the stage. So starting with Ian, um, then we have Kim and Anna. If you're still here in our webinar, let us know. We will add you on our live. Uh, there she is. Thank you so much for being here. 
All right, so let's get started with some questions. If you have any questions, shoot them now because now is the chance to get them answered by all our experts. So if my first question is to Anna. Um, Anna, when we spoke spoke about um, you know winning bidding wars, you said that you should not be targeting branded keywords. So this is something that I was recently thinking about. So when you have increasing CPC costs, um, you know, this Q4, would you rather focus on branded keywords or would you focus on other keywords and how can you win the bidding wars this Q4? So what are your suggestions on that? Um, the only brand actually that I bid on is myself to avoid anybody else um, trying to do that trick. So. I definitely focus on the keywords and the keyword-driven keywords rather than the brand-driven keywords, if that makes sense. Um, and looking really for those smaller volume ones, but plenty of them. Um, that makes a lot of sense because if you are, as Zilip also mentioned this to me in the morning, we were having this intense conversation on branded keywords and non-branded keywords. Do you bid on your brand? Do you not bid on your brand? So Zilip, do you have something to add on to why you should be bidding on your brand? Uh, 100%. I don't want any of your uh, branded keywords to go to your competition, right? We have seen this is, yeah. this uh, the Q4 is really a war, right? I'm where you will see uh, people doing all those strategies. But yeah, I mean, I don't want any of your keywords to go to your competition, yes. That was very rightly said. And our next question is for Kim. Um, the question is by Harry Jacob. Thank you so much for being here. And he asks if Scooball supports multiple location movement. I saw that question and um, we support movement anywhere you want to. So yes um, is your is your short answer. You can move, um, SKU Vault supports multiple warehouses, multiple locations, and the ability to create any of these, we call them transactions in the system as you choose to. So yes, if you'd like to talk to us, just reach out. I'd be happy to go over that with you. Definitely. And if you have any trouble reaching our partners, send us an email at support stating that you would like to connect to any of our partners and we would be happy, more than happy to do that for you. So the next question that I have seen everywhere is how can you choose a right repricing software? And the question goes to Ian from SellerSnap. How does one choose um, a right repricing software? How does one know that SellerSnap is the one for them? Because we are in a world of automated uh, services and automated tools. So Ian, over to you. I choose the, the right repricing software is you just take my word for it and you come to SellerSnap and that's it. You don't do any other homework. Um, uh, but seriously, uh, choosing the right repricing software is something that is can be a difficult task. Um, you know, we talk a lot about of um, optimizing your tech stack, and what I mean by tech stack is thinking about all the different uh, software solutions that you have plugged into your business in um, in all different sides, and. It's important to find the right, so just like anything else, it's important to find the right solution that works for you. So when it comes to repricing, you know, you're going to look at everything from, um, you know, is it getting you the, the buy box share that you're looking for? Is it affecting your, um, your sell-through rate, your revenue? Um, are you getting higher than average um, sell, sale prices on each item? And then from there, you can look at the pricing, um, things like time save or 
uh, things like the time that you have to actually access the platform and look at the time value of money in that way. And after you put all these um, factors together, you can make the appropriate decision for your business. So um, just to kind of sum everything up, it is difficult to find, just like it's difficult to find the perfect solution for your business, um, repricing is it falls in that bucket. Uh, but the important thing is, is that most of the repricers, whether it's SellerSnap or our competitors, do have, you know, free trials out there. So my suggestion is to, you know, is to reach out to us. And, you know, especially with SellerSnap, one of our onboarding specialists um, are more than happy to walk you through the process and see how it for success. So and see if it's the right fit for your business. I completely agree with you on that, Ian. And I see that Anna has to leave now. So thank you so much for being here, Anna. And we are going to continue this conversation uh, forward without you. And thank you so much for being here. It's always lovely to have you in our webinars. So yeah, yeah thanks see you soon. for inviting me, guys. Hope to see you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Um, so adding on to what Ian said of Free trials is really important. And, you know, when you're, you know, I wouldn't say you're subscribing to a service, you're actually collaborating uh, with your service provider. So free trials and finding the right balance and seeing if it feels right is, of course, uh, the right way to go and validate everything with data. Data is really important. So validate everything that you see with data and make sure that you have like everything written down and you're validating all your decisions that way. So thank you so much for that answer, Ian. Moving on to the biggest mistakes that sellers make while doing advertising. And that goes to Dalip. He has seen so many accounts in this past year. And he actually wanted to talk about, um, he actually already mentioned that there was an account who was bidding on um, their ACoS and wrong keywords. So Dilip, what is major mistake that you've seen a seller make while they're doing advertising for Q4? I think uh, I mentioned to you uh, very briefly, like uh, the, the experiments yeah. are now, right? I mean, I have seen sellers who does a lot of experiments towards the Q4. I mean, that's not the time for experimentation, right? Q4 is a time where you really need to double down on your results and you basically need to focus on stuff. So make sure that you don't have much more time. I think it's a time for you to make sure that you are actually uh, doing all the experiments right now, analyzing the data so that Q4, you can just double down on all the good results and you can essentially get a great Q4. So yeah, the time is now. Thank you so much for that answer. And that was a really good response too. So all the experimentation do now in Q3 and save all your, um, the ones that have worked for Q4. So we have approximately two minutes left in this webinar. And I would like to uh, take these two minutes to thank everyone who's being here. And if you want to reach us out um, to SellerApp, uh, please write an email to support at sellerapp.com. If you want to reach out to me personally and want to send me an email about webinars or anything else, feel free to send me an email on my personal email, which is riyadharaysellerapp.com and you can reach to me directly. Uh, so before we close, is there anything else that any of our speakers would like to say uh, starting with Ian put me on the spot there um, no I think that <laughs> I think that you know with Q4 coming up um, you get a lot of really good advice um, through webinars and experts like the ones um, we all spoke to today and there's a lot of really great nuggets of information and it's really easy to say Oh, I need to take notes and say, I need to do every single one of those things on the list. 
And, you know, we're all really busy and running a business is, is, a, is a difficult thing. And it's important to take it step by step. So, you know, as you move into Q4, pick one of the things that one of the experts said um, throughout this throughout this webinar and tackle that and, and complete that. And then you can move on to the next one. And because and through, you know, kind of chipping away at the rock and um, you'll find that incremental growth in the success in your business. That was very rightly said. And Kim, do you have any closing remarks for us? Um, I will just pile right on top of what Ian said, because I do think that the biggest thing is figure out what your top one or two problems are in your business and attack those right now and get them taken care of. And then keep really good notes throughout the season to see what your problems are as you go through the season so that you can address those after peak is over. I think it's really important to be able to look back in January and have that written list so that you can go back and not forget the mistake that you made in October or November, but be able to address it then. Thank you. And I love doing these webinars with you all. If you like this webinar, make sure to click that like button and subscribe to Seller App. For all things Amazon, we post two videos a week. So yes, until the next time, happy selling and bye-bye everyone. Bye.